Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. And Ike, the NFL schedule is out. You can bet on win totals. The week one lines are out. If you want to place a bet on any of those things, BetOnline is the place to do it. Pittsburgh going to be very busy this year. So I advise y'all to get on early and start betting online right now. Yeah, eight and a half, Ike. We've talked about how we think that's a low win total. We both like the over there. But if you want to place a money on the action, head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome into another edition of the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor. IT, it's like Christmas Day all over again. The NFL schedule is out. We have an absolutely loaded show for our listeners and viewers today, but how are you doing this morning? I'm doing good. It felt like I haven't talked to you in about four months but actually we talk less than three days but that's how you know that's how much we talk so it's always good to see your face market market talk to you i appreciate that ike we're gonna get right into it the steelers have the hardest schedule in the nfl nine of their games against teams who have won 11 or more games in the 2020 season and it starts week one what might be the best matchup of the weekend there are several good ones but the steelers against the Buffalo Bills in uh, on September the 12th. It's going to be a road game. The Bills enter as a six, six-and-a-half-point favorite, depending on what line you put out there. But I, this, to me, is a rematch of a matchup that we saw a season ago where the Bills handed the Steelers their second loss of the 2020 season. But really, it was the Bills who put the blueprint out there of how to beat Pittsburgh to me, Minka Fitzpatrick said this best, and he put this out on Twitter yesterday. This is a playoff game in week one. You go from right from the frying pan right into the fire against Buffalo. It's the set your day off game. It's the set your season off game. Um, it's the it don't matter how you go to bed. You got to feel good getting, in the, get up, getting up in the morning kind of game. It's the Najee Harris game. To say it's it's the hey Pittsburgh back to rolling old school running this football and it's a reason why we got this first round draft pick running back out of Alabama Najee Harris so that's the kind of game it's gonna be I think my personal opinion for the Pittsburgh Steelers a debut and letting the world know we back in business we back running this down ball so you like Pittsburgh in week one Ike that's what it sounds like I like Pittsburgh in week one, Mark and Mark. Wow. All right. So Pittsburgh started 11-0 and to start last season. As a six-point underdog, Ike, on the road, I've got Buffalo taking this game, also drafting Gregory Rousseau and Carlos Basham to help 
improve their defensive line. I'm going to take Buffalo in this one uh, in this week one, but in week two against the Raiders, I like Pittsburgh to regroup and win that one playing in the home opener at Heinz field on September the 19th. So I've got the Steelers starting one and one, but how do you see this week two matchup against Las Vegas? I got the Pittsburgh Steelers winning that one as well. You know, if it was the Pittsburgh Steelers going to the Las, Las Vegas Raiders, then maybe I say something different. It's just something about going to that black hole. We really didn't have much success, even when I played going to Oakland, now they're in Vegas. But at the same time, I just like the overall big picture when it comes down to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And again, Najee Harris, Najee Harris come back into the fact and the matter of the reason why the Pittsburgh Steelers are 2-0 to start the season. Yeah, I certainly hope we see Nijay starting in the backfield from week one. Like, I do want to see McFarland and Snell get into the mix, but I want to see Nijay as the main guy if you're going to allocate a first-round draft pick. I don't want to be in week one and be scratching my head and say, wait a second, why is McFarland the starting running back in the backfield and not Nijay, the first-round pick? There's a reason why he went first round. So at the running back position, um, or even at the wide receiver position, you can kind of put them in off the jump. You know, as long as they're doing good as far as, like, they as a running back, as far as, like, protection, the pass protections. And I know Najee going to be willing to do that at any time. So um, I don't think he'll have a problem. So my personal opinion, he'll be starting week one for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and he's going to be a reason why they fall 2-0 against the Raiders in week two. Yeah, I like Pittsburgh to take care of business to Alex Leatherwood, the Raiders' first-round draft pick a player many felt was a reach at that offensive line position. And to me, if the Raiders were fully satisfied with their quarterback production, they wouldn't be one of those teams that's kind of like a dark horse candidate for Aaron Rodgers. So I like Pittsburgh to get it done in week two. It's still so weird for me to see the Las Vegas Raiders. It's still hard for me to wrap my brain around that. I still think that they're in Oakland, but that happened a few years ago. Okay. Week three, Ike taking on the Bengals at home. I like Pittsburgh to win this one as well because I like Joe Burrow as a young quarterback in this league. He's still going to be working his way back from the knee injury. I, I just, to me, there's just too much uncertainty. I like the Bengals receivers adding Jamar Chase into the mix with T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd as well. But I just think that Pittsburgh, especially at home, should be able to get it done in Cincinnati in week three. And this is where Cam Sutton come into effect. I think, and that's secondary for the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Cincinnati Bengals. And again, it's another home game. So you get two back-to-back home games. And this is another reason why I think they'll start off going 3-0. and um, Yes, I do love Joe Burrow. I like what he did before he got injured. He showed everybody a lot of promise. As um, far as like being a leader, making plays, and just being, just being Joe Cool, the guy he once was at LSU. So now you give him another weapon, who a guy who he played with in Jamar Chase, Ain't no telling how special they're going to be with T. Higgins and Boyd and company. So at the same time, though, I just like the Pittsburgh Steelers because they're at home winning this game and because it's a AFC North divisional game stepping up and going 1-0 in a division against the Cincinnati Bengals only because, Marky Mark, they're at home. Yeah, home field advantage is going to be a thing again in the 2021 season, something that we didn't really see in 2020 because – 
even with fans at limited capacity, it's not how like how it normally was before the pandemic. So that's certainly going to play a factor. And I think it's going to play a factor later and later into the season, which we'll get into as we continue to get into the schedule. In week four, the Steelers play the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field. And Ike, this is one of those games where I'm happy it's not later in the season when it's freezing cold at the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. I'm assuming that Aaron Rodgers is going to be under center for the Packers. And I know he's been so disgruntled with the Packers front office and everything. But let me lay out some facts for you, Ike. Packers re-signed running back Aaron Jones in the offseason. Devontae Adams is one of the best receivers in the league. He was a second-round draft pick. And you have a pretty good offensive line, at least how they grade out with PFF. So what's Aaron Rodgers' beef? I understand it was like nine of the last ten years. They don't draft an offensive player. Season to go, the one offensive player that they draft is Jordan Love, Rodgers' heir apparent. But a guy that the Packers got who no one's talking about right now Third round draft pick, Clemson receiver, Amari Rodgers. I think he's going to fit the mold of a Randall Cobb type in the slot. I know how there's all this buzz of where's Rodgers going to wind up. This might be his last year in Green Bay, but the Packers aren't going to trade Rodgers for 50 cents on the dollar. And I certainly don't buy into the notion that Rodgers could be the next Jeopardy host. The Packers at home, assuming Rodgers is there, I've got the Steelers taking a loss here, just given those things. But again, that's under the assumption that Roger still is in Green Bay. Ike, what say you? No, I agree with you. I got Pittsburgh taking the L in this one because it's a Lambeau field. I got Pittsburgh taking the L because they're going to play against a pissed off Aaron Rodgers. I got Pittsburgh um, taking the L because I think Aaron Rodgers is going to do the same thing he did last year, and that's win the league MVP on the offensive side. So, um, Kudos to Pittsburgh. Kudos to the to 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 the Packers. But at the same time, I just think a Lambeau Field right now, Aaron Aaron gonna have a point of proof throughout the whole season, and uh, Pittsburgh just gonna be in the way at that time. Glad it's early and not late. In week five, in an alternate universe, Ike, we could see Aaron Rodgers in a Broncos uniform. But as it stands right now, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater. It are the quarterbacks there in Denver. I'm not sure who the quarterback's going to be come week five. I think the Broncos team is going to be much improved this season because you get Von Miller back from injury who didn't play a year ago. The Bronco, Broncos had several other injuries. I like what they did in the draft, getting Patrick Sertan, the cornerback out of Alabama, to stop some of the high-functioning uh, high offenses that you see in the AFC West with the Kansas City Chiefs. We know what the Los Angeles Chargers can do with Justin Herbert as well. I do like Pittsburgh to take care of business, though, too. And again, I go back to you're playing a home game. You have the home field advantage at Heinz Field, but this is not a Broncos team to sleep on. Yeah, if it was the other way around, I mean, the Pittsburgh Steelers had to play in Denver, maybe I'd be a little skeptical. But at the same time, like you said, man, another home game. I got a Pittsburgh Steelers winning this game as well. Got to see who the quarterback will be, whether it be Teddy Bridgewater, whether it be Drew Lock, Lockett. So, me, Drew Lock. So, we just need to see who it is for the Broncos. But I still got the Pittsburgh Steelers regards. I think, you know, they'll just be hitting a stride. On, on learning who they are, their personality, and making plays on defense. So I got a defensive game because regardless of what they do on the offensive side for the Denver Broncos, you know, the Denver Broncos always play good defense. So I think the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, because it's at home again, going to step up and win this game and pull it out. 
And I know Denver is a destination. A lot of people think Rodgers could wind up, but to me, the grass isn't always greener. You're playing, if you think the Green Bay Packers front office is inept, let me introduce you to Chicago, Detroit, and Minnesota. If you go to Denver, you've got to play Kansas City. You've got to play the Chargers. So you've got two young, improving quarterbacks that are dominant at the position in Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. If you're, if you're Aaron Rodgers and you want out of Green Bay, be very, very careful because the grass isn't always greener. No, I agree with you. And that's how it is for Aaron Rodgers. But I don't think Aaron Rodgers really care about the grass is greener. I don't think he really care about some youngsters who play quarterback in the AFC. But he need to be careful and watch out because these teams have built young teams who are vibing when it comes down to age. Young teams who probably did better last year than what they thought they'd be. And now you come into a second season with some young starters at the quarterback position ready to roll. So I do agree with you. Like, you got to be careful with what you ask for. Um, and if I'm just Aaron Rodgers and I'm just speaking like I'm not him, but it's tough in that it's tough in the AFC. The AFC is very tough. They got some young studs, you know, in the AFC. Like we said, we talk about it all the time on our show. Tennessee didn't even get you in the dope. So that says that says a lot. And we're talking about the Miami Dolphins uh, had a great season last year, but Tennessee, they was looking at they was looking at it from the outside in when it came down to the playoffs. So again. You know, I, I'll be careful and understand, man, when you go into this AFC, there's some young studs out there and they hungry. I wonder if the Dolphins feel like if they wheeled and dealed a little bit that they might be able to trade from the AFC East to the NFC East. But that's another conversation, nor Correct. here nor there. Correct. In week six, the Seahawks come into Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers on Sunday night football. And I call me a yinzer. But I actually like the Steelers to win this one, given the track record of success on Sunday night. But also, this Seahawks defense was not good, and particularly the secondary. I know if you look at the Pro Bowl roster, you've got Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs. But this was a secondary that was suspect a season ago. That, to me, is what Pittsburgh's strength is, is at the, the depth at the receiver position specifically. I like Pittsburgh to get it done in week six, just ahead of the bye week, I've got the Steelers winning at home against the Seahawks. I got the Pittsburgh Steelers losing this one, and it's going to give Pittsburgh going into that bye week something that they can't talk about and for us to talk about on this show and losing to the Seattle Seahawks. Um, I, I, me personally, I think it's going to be a close game, but I just got the Seattle Seahawks. I think they're going to have the same recipe, you know, when it comes but when it comes down to, to identity, um, having a, a – a, a younger version at the quarterback who is Russell Wilson. I think Russ will pull some Houdini out of his hat in Pittsburgh. And I think they're coming out with a W on this one, Mark. All right, Ike. Entering the bye week, we both had the Steelers at four and two. We have them winning and losing different games. But then okay. in week eight, against the Cleveland Browns on the road at First Energy Stadium in Cleveland, on Halloween, Ike, this is going to be an awesome matchup because there's bad blood between both of these teams. Steelers get an extra week to prepare, but remember, the Browns the week before play on Thursday night football, so they'll have more time than they normally would if they were playing, say, on Sunday the week before. With the extra time to prepare, and remember, this was the Browns team that beat the Steelers in Week 17, get into the playoffs, and then knock the Steelers out of the playoffs I cannot wait to watch this game on Halloween. 
I think just with the bad blood from a season ago, I'm taking Pittsburgh to beat the Browns in the first matchup. But I will say this, and we'll get to this later in the podcast. I've got the Steelers splitting the season series with Cleveland. Man, he took the words out of my mouth. Golly. So I got the Pittsburgh Steelers as well splitting, <laughs> splitting with the with the Cleveland, with the Cleveland Browns. Um, I got them losing this one. I definitely got them losing this one in Cleveland. The reason why I got them losing this one is because the two running backs, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and OBJ is back in the building. So I think they're going to have a lot of firepower, not only from the offensive side and they, and they drafted and they got some healthy guys coming back who wasn't healthy last year on that defensive side. So I thought they filled fill some holes in not only through free agency with uh, Jadavion Clowney, but as well as in the draft on that defensive side. And you're getting, uh, I think, Grant Delpit. He's coming back mm -hmm. this year. And if you look at what they did in the offseason, man, they got two young studs coming from the L.A. Rams in that secondary. So <laughs> they're, they're, they're going to be deep. Somebody ain't going to make the cut in that secondary for the Cleveland Browns. So they're going to be deep as hell uh, when it comes down to that standpoint. And just because it's at home and Cleveland has no fear anymore. So they beat Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs Really, they beat them twice. They beat them at home to get in the playoffs and then wind up going to Pittsburgh and beating them in Pittsburgh. So I just look at it like right now, they're looking at themselves, not the big bro. It's just, bro, we're not scared of y'all anymore. We feel like we got a good team. Y'all going to always be in the way, and it's going to be a measuring stick for us to see where we at in the AFC North as well as the AFC period. So I got, I got Cleveland winning this one. More. Yeah, a lot of a lot of defensive upgrades that the Browns have made. John Johnson on the back end, he's the player who wore the green dot and handled communications for a Rams defense that was best in the league a season ago. Troy Hill, the cornerback coming over, will probably play in the nickel position for the Browns. And then you make upgrades in the draft. Greg Newsom is going to be in a starting battle with Greedy Williams, who's coming back from a shoulder injury. You mentioned Grant Correct. Delpit, the Jim Thorpe winner in 2019. Correct as a member of the LSU Tigers. And then you bring in Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, the speedster linebacker from Notre Dame. He falls to the second round because of a perceived heart issue. Ike, you're right, though. There's only so much, you know, what was a liability for the Browns a season ago with their defensive back depth now becomes a, a position of strength, if you will, just given all the depth that they have. And so I'm with you there might not be enough roster spots for all of those players to play for the Browns. So if one of those guys gets cut, you're talking about someone hitting the open market who's going to get snapped up by sundown. Yeah, the Cleveland Browns, they might keep all their secondary guys and they might take a short or a loss on a position elsewhere. Like they might take an L at a tight end position. They might just keep two or three tight ends or two or three linebackers, whatever it is. But I just think for this, you got to have a secondary as in depth in the NFL. And if you just look across the board, man, and I think you can probably pull this up. I don't know how many first rounders they have on, on the defensive side. I think yep. they got at least eight first rounders on that defensive side, whether it's through free agency or whether it's, it's, it's through somebody they drafted. So, and they coming, and they coming of age, and they're young, and they all about to be in their prime. So they got a lot of experience last year. But I just think, man, just going into Pittsburgh, beating them in the playoffs and beating them at home last year, they kind of have no fear anymore against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's why I got them going and beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. Where the Pittsburgh Steelers go to them beginning of the season in Cleveland? Yep. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, well, I hope trick or treating is a little bit different, and I hope the results are flipped. But in <laughs> Week Nine on Monday Night Football, the Steelers will host the Chicago Bears. The big question I have going into this game is who's the starter for Chicago at this point in the season, whether it's Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, who's going to be the most expensive backup quarterback again in the NFL, or their first-round draft pick, Ohio State quarterback Justin Fields. The Bears' bye week comes after this game with Pittsburgh. I know the Bears draft Fields. They also bring in Oklahoma State's Tevin Jenkins to help anchor that offensive line. But at home, a Bears team that, while was in the playoffs a season ago, was one of those teams that was stumbling into the playoffs and wouldn't have stand a chance had they been an AFC team. I like Pittsburgh to get it done on Monday Night Football at home against Chicago. Run, Justin, run. I think Justin Fields would be the starter for, you know, when they get down to the Pittsburgh Steelers at this point in time during the season. The only thing I think Justin just going to fall short in losing to the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's how I think. But I was talking to one of my homeboys yesterday, and we were talking about the Chicago Bears because he's from Chicago, and he's a huge Chicago Bear fan. I'm like, bro, don't sleep on the Bears defense. I said they just got tired throughout the season because they had to carry a team. If they had a quarterback, man, they would have had action. They only got blown out at least two, maybe three games last year. They, they was in pretty much every game. They just couldn't outscore their opponents. That's just what it was. So and you can just listen to, to, to how the players talk in the locker room and they safety, they safety, uh, God, dog, what's his name? Eddie he Jackson. Said, uh, Eddie Jackson said, man, we finally got a quarterback. So that's yeah. just letting you know the yeah. talk, how the talk, how the talk was in the locker room. When a guy on the defensive side come out and speak, they felt like, man, we always had a chance to win ball games, these close games. We just couldn't get a guy who can get us over the hump. But they feel real good about Justin Fields. They just gonna fall short to the Pittsburgh Steelers in week in week eight. Ike, it's always interesting to see. You always say the house is built from the ground up. If Akeem Hicks stays healthy, and then the Bears get Eddie Goldman back, who sat out the 2020 season, how that opens things up for everyone else makes Khalil Mack's job heck of a lot easier coming Action. off the edge, and that back end's job where you understand why Eddie Jackson's the highest paid safety in the NFL because he is amongst the best. If you can get to the quarterback with four, which the Bears have been able to do, dating back to that 2018 season when they last made the playoffs, defense hasn't been the problem in Chicago. It's been the oh, offensive no. side of the ball. You correct some of the offensive deficiencies and get the running game going. I'm actually more excited for the Bears with Tevin Jenkins and establishing the run, bringing over Damian Williams, the running back who played for the Chiefs. Tariq Cohen comes back from a season-ending injury. We know what a young David Montgomery can do. To me, it's not really so much as how what kind of quarterback play do you get from Chicago is can they effectively run the football? And it's something that they actually did do towards the back half of the 2020 season. But even said all those things, I still like Pittsburgh at home in week nine uh, against the Bears. In week 10, another matchup against another NFC North opponent, the Detroit Lions, Ike, and the Lions a rebuilding group. They got a first year head coach in Dan Campbell, but I did like the draft pick of Panay Sewell, the Oregon offensive tackle. I thought they got great value with him. The fact that he fell to the seventh pick was unbelievable to me. Right. He'll do a good job of keeping Jared Goff upright, but this is a Detroit team that you got to take care of business, especially at home. You, this, this is, I'm, the Steelers have a really tough schedule. Like, this is one of the games where it's like, this is a must win game for the Steelers. Yeah, and I don't think they're going to have a problem winning this game, Mark. 
You know, I like I like the first round draft pick in Penaso. Um, I think that's gonna be their personality. If anybody needs to watch Penaso and what he did at Oregon, all he did was smash faces and play angry throughout the whole entire game. So that's gonna be their personality, I think. And that's coming from the head coach. Now on the second side, I'm just looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers just winning this ball game. I think uh Detroit just overall in general will struggle this year. Now when it comes down to draft picks, we can talk about a lot a lot of teams. But pound for pound and, and good grades and A pluses and B minuses and B pluses, you know, a lot of people got a Detroit Lions like A minus, A plus when it came down to the draft. So they did draft well this year. They just gonna come short again because it's their first year together to the Pittsburgh Steelers in week 10. Okay, in week 11, Ike, the Chargers go on the road out to Los Angeles to take on the Los Angeles Chargers on Sunday night football. Ike, you told me this last year. I remember when the Steelers were playing the Jags, you're like, the nice weather kind of goofs things up this late in the season. Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle out of Northwestern, is going to protect Justin Herbert coming off a rookie season where he won Offensive Rookie of the Year. Derwin James, the safety, coming back back from a season-ending injury. He's back for the Chargers as well. I know that the Chargers are kind of like the sexy pick if you don't want to pick the Chiefs to win the AFC West again, but this is going to be a tough game for the Steelers. I have them taking a loss here in week week 11. Yeah, and I don't. I'm glad to say that. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, Pittsburgh, when they go to the West Coast, man, a lot of these games feel like home games. I don't know if you remember last year, man, when they played played the L.A. (laughs) Charges, man, you felt like it was the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> playing You're at right. home. All them, ter- right. all them terrible towels. So I think the same result is going to happen, man. I think, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers going to squeeze it out on this one again with the L.A. Chargers, but it's not going to be a, a easy game at all. Uh, the progression you saw with Tyrod Taylor, who's now with the Houston, Texas, the progression you saw with Justin Herbert was phenomenal. Like when you when you see, when you see this dude just come in, take over, when you saw Tyrod get hurt and nobody on the offense or defensive side in post or pregame interview said anything bad because they knew they had something special because they seen this guy in practice at Justin Herbert. So now you draft for the 2021 draft and you and you get guys to protect and you add weapons on defense and you understand what you have in that quarterback position, a real solid franchise young quarterback. You're like, man, we got action, but at the same time, man, it's just hard. Even though the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to the left coast, y'all might say west coast, I say left coast. Even though the Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to the left left coast, they're not going to have any problem beating the L.A. Chargers this year because the fans will help them throughout this game in L.A. against the Chargers. Yeah, the Steelers' first time at SoFi Stadium that just opened up. And I, I think everyone has some trepidation with the baby face assassin that is Justin <laughs> Herbert. So, <laughs> baby faces, you need to stop hanging around me because you're taking all my lingo and I don't like it because it sounds real good and smooth every time you say something, Mark. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I appreciate that, Ike. In week 12, the Steelers taking on the Bengals yet again. And this game will be on Cincinnati, it'll be Thanksgiving weekend. I've got the Steelers winning again against Cincinnati. We don't need to relitigate the whole thing, but Ike in Cincinnati, what do you think the Steelers do? 
Same thing. I got Pittsburgh sweeping the Cincinnati Bengals in the yeah. AFC North. So there's not too much we need to say on this one. I think the same thing with the first go around with the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, going to Heinz Field going to happen the same thing <laughs> on the second go around the Cincinnati Bengals playing at home. I think Pittsburgh is just going to have the Cincinnati Bengals number this year. So they're going to come out with a W. Yeah, and I don't know if we're going to be saying the same thing come the 2022 season, depending on how Joe Burrow and company progress. I think the Bengals are getting better and better. and They were a frisky team a season ago. So, you know, we might be eating our words here right. further down the line, depending on where we're at come week 12. But as it stands right now in May, I'm with you there, Ike. Okay, in week 13, another AFC North matchup. The first one against the Ravens. This one will be at home at Heinz Field. I like what the Ravens did in the offseason. They got their cold weather receiver and Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota. Yes. And yes. to replace both Yannick Ngankwe and Matthew Judon, they got Udafe Owe's, formerly Jason Owe's, going back to his Nigerian roots. They're for two first-round draft picks for Baltimore. Ronnie Stanley's coming back from an injury. The offensive tackle who helps keep Lamar Jackson upright. I've got the Steelers splitting the season series with the Ravens. I've got the Steelers taking a loss here in the first matchup in week 13, though. So I got to win in this one because it's at home. I do as well having them splitting with the Baltimore Ravens, but I got them taking a win on, on, on this one just because it's at home. Oh, for some reason, Pittsburgh still just have Lamar Jackson number, regardless on how Lamar is doing good throughout the season where he went with it. Either he's an MVP candidate um, and he has that offense rolling. I just like the Pittsburgh Steelers and their defensive scheme on coming up and playing against Lamar Jackson and company. If you watch the post game, uh, Coach Tomlin said last year, we respect Lamar, but we don't feel Lamar. And that's exactly how they play against the, the, Buff the, the Buffalo, the Baltimore Ravens, you know, last year. So I think it's a, it's a high respect level. Um, you can see how they play and schematically it's a no field level when they play the Baltimore Ravens. So I got the Pittsburgh Steelers winning this one. In week 14, the Steelers traveled to Minneapolis where they'll take on the Minnesota Vikings. This will be the first time the Steelers play at us bank stadium. And this was another matchup where I like the Steelers to take care of business on the road. You're not going to have to endure the elements, something that the Steelers are accustomed to doing playing in Pittsburgh, but I just – I don't know what to make of Kirk Cousins at this point in the career. If you can shut down Dalvin Cook, I think that's really going to be the key to this game. But I like the Steelers taking care of business on the road against the Vikings. You like that, don't you? As Kirk Cousins <laughs> would say. And I got the Pittsburgh Steelers losing to the Vikings in this one in week upset. 14. Yes, this this is this is my upset against the Vikings. I'm like what the Vikings and Coach Zimmer did in the draft, one, um, two, getting some competition for Kirk, Kirk Cousins, even though they said it wasn't no competition on drafting. Uh, Kellen Mines, the quarterback from Texas A&M, I still think competition brings the best or the worst out of somebody, even though uh, Kirk Cousins is solidified because he's going to get paid a lot of money on his salary this year, you know, um, for the third time. But at the same time, you know, it's just having that competition, a young quarterback who's who's big, strong, athletic. Uh, even though you don't kind of fear him on taking your job, they drafted him for a reason. So be careful and watch over your shoulder. So I think, honestly, Kirk Cousins 
will have a good season this year. And this one, this is where I think, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers going to fall to the Vikings because of Dalvin Cook and that running game. Okay. Ike in week 15, and this is this last four game stretch is just brutal. If you look at the 2020 records, the Steelers take on the Tennessee Titans. It will be a home game. The Titans are one of those teams, though, Ike, where I think that the Titans fall off in 2020, or excuse me, 2021. I think the Titans fall off, and let me explain why. They lose their offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith, who's now the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Wide receiver Corey Davis is gone, and tight end Gianu Smith is gone. We all know there's a reason King Henry is King Henry, and he wears that crown. But you take away the safety blanket that those two pass catchers you know, what they can do on the outside to make Ryan Tannehill's life easier. I understand you still have A.J. Brown, but you put eight guys in the box to stop, to stop Derrick Henry. You can double A.J. Brown on the outside. What is your counter if you're the Titans? And that's a big question that I think that Tennessee has coming into the 2021 season. I like Pittsburgh to take care of business in this one for those reasons. Me as well. I got Pittsburgh winning this game. And I think we see what Tannehill is. This is Tannehill. This is a guy that can get you to the playoffs, but this is a guy that can just get you to the playoffs. And the reason why he's getting you to the playoffs is because of King Henry in the offensive line. Uh, the offensive coordinator is gone now. He's a and now he's the head coach for the for the Atlanta Falcons, as you said. But at the same time, you're missing two tight end bodies that play receiver and, and Corey Davis and AJ Brown. So Corey Davis is gone and I don't know if anybody's seen these two guys in person, but these two guys built just like a Terrell, Terrell Owens. If, if you don't know how Terrell Owens is built, man, just Google a Terrell Owens. So when you get guys who built like tight ends, but they just so happen to play receivers, you get guys for the cold weather like that. And I thought they was a good duo. I thought they worked hand-to-hand. Now Corey Davis is gone. So you got your OC gone. You got your one of your top receivers gone. Then you have your tight end goal and King Henry, man. I don't think King Henry gonna be King Henry for a long time. Um, when you when you got two body types at that wide receiver position, people don't really fear that, but they're respected because when it comes down to that November, December, January football, it's hard to hit receivers who two fifteen and plus, who is strong and don't mind taking hits, who can who don't mind going across the middle and running slants and making small throws, big plays. So their play-action pass was a mother for that running game for King for King Henry. But at the same time, I agree with you, Mark and Mark. I just don't see the Pittsburgh Steelers losing against the Tennessee Titans. Like you mentioned T.O. I'm going to go do sit-ups in my driveway once we're done <laughs> recording today's podcast. Uh, I'll say this about the Titans. Drafting Caleb Farley, the cornerback out of Virginia Tech, someone who's probably a top 10 talent but comes into the league with two back surgeries, that was one of the most surprising first-round picks that I thought that there was, the Titans drafting Caleb Farley, because a season ago, the Titans draft Isaiah Wilson, the tackle out of Georgia, who played a total of four snaps for the Titans. He's now gone and not on Tennessee. He's on a new team, the Miami Dolphins, so – it's a it's a potentially high risk but potentially high reward pick Correct. in drafting Caleb Farley in the first round for the Titans. Just have too many question marks, especially from that offensive standpoint. I think there's too much of a load on Tannehill, King Henry, and AJ Brown and company. 
in week 16, Ike, the Steelers going to Arrowhead to take on the Kansas City Chiefs on the day after Christmas. And the Chiefs spent all offseason protecting and investing in their $500 million investment in Patrick Mahomes because that offensive line is completely overhauled. And I think the Chiefs saw what happened in the Super Bowl where Mahomes is running for his life, running for something like 500 yards behind the line of scrimmage just to get passes off. And so I think this offseason where it was like, look, we've got to keep him upright so he can distribute the ball out to our playmakers in Tyreek Hill, in Travis Kelsey, and the rest of the players on the Chiefs offense. I just think the Chiefs are going to come out with a vengeance in 2021 coming off a loss in the Super Bowl. And I think this is where we're going to see what Mahomes is really made of and what kind of leadership he has. This is going to be a really tough task. I've got the I've got the Steelers taking a loss here on the road at Arrowhead, which also, by the way, is one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL. Yeah, I agree with you. And the reason why I got and the only reason why I got the Pittsburgh Steelers taking a loss on this one, Mark, is because no Bud Dupree. And we watched TJ White and Bud Dupree probably be the top duo when it comes down to that linebacker at the outside linebacker position. You know, so when you saw Bud Dupree get hurt, you saw kind of the decline on that defensive side because they was already struggling because of Devin Bush. He he tore he he got hurt earlier during the season. So the only reason why I got Pittsburgh losing this game and they're gonna lose a couple of games is because of Bud Dupree's departure. Uh, Bud was there, I thought, you know, Pittsburgh would have a shot on beating the Kansas City Chiefs. We all saw what happened in that Super Bowl and that front four getting to a wobble offensive line and, and, and stopping, you know, uh, Patty Mahomes and doing Patty Mahomes things. But this year, man, I just can't see it. I think, you know, as a staff, you can have a huge ego going into games. And I was at that game, that Super Bowl game, my son and I. And they just looked too overconfident. They as in the Kansas City Chiefs. And thinking, man, they were just going to walk in and just win the game. You can see it in the body language. But in the offseason, they took so much of a butt whooping during that Super Bowl. (laughs) They understood ASAP, bro, we got to get our offense of line intact. And for me to see what they did in the draft in the offseason and protecting a pat of Mahomes, I felt like that was a huge leap, not only leap, but growth, not only growth, but really putting your ego to the side and not saying we can always put it on Patrick Mahomes to bail us out. At some point in time, you have to protect him. And I didn't, I didn't think the Kansas City Chiefs would have thought to do that as early as they did this year. And they did exactly what I thought they wouldn't do. I just thought they would take them a year or two to be like, okay, we really can't rely on Patty Mahomes and and, and get us out of games. And I, I think it was kind of a blessing in disguise to so say for, for, for them to lose the way they lost to Tampa and relying on Patty Mahomes, then figuring out no, this is something we can't do because this will be the recipe to every other team who play us, you know, get a front four who can dominate our offensive line and have this young man scrambling. And we just signed this guy to a 10-year deal. So 
That's 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 the smartness I thought in the ego to the side on the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, front office and coaching staff. But getting back to what you said, I just got the Chiefs winning this one. Man, it's hard to play in Arrowhead. It's hard as hell. It's loud as hell. The stadium isn't pretty at all. The people right up under you, you can smell the barbecue coming out. They breath and it's loud. <laughs> so that's just how it's gonna be. I got the Pittsburgh Steelers losing this one too as well against the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Orlando Brown, the big offseason acquisition for the Chiefs in the trade with the Ravens. And at first, I come like, great, the Steelers don't have to go up against this guy twice a year. (laughs) And then, sure enough, schedule comes out. And we knew that the Steelers were going to be playing the Chiefs, but that's a huge acquisition. And just like I said, he's one of several players that the Chiefs brought in. Mahomes is a great off-script passer among the best in the league, but you cannot operate an offense to where you're doing that play after play after play after play. And that's what we saw in the Super Bowl to where get him some throws on script and then those off-script plays, you don't have to rely on him hitting the moon ball, the home run ball on every single play to try to get you back in a game there's only so much you can play with fire. And I, we've given all the credit in the world to that Buccaneers defense after the Super Bowl and Todd Bowles and company, because to hold the chiefs to nine points in the Super Bowl, and more importantly to hold them without a touchdown to me, that was the story of Super Bowl 55. So we both had the Steelers taking a loss in week 16 to the chiefs day after Christmas. That'd be heck of a Christmas day gift though. If the Steelers were able to pull off the upset, we'll see what happens when that comes in week 17, Ike, uh, two divisional games to wrap up the schedule. Browns at Steelers. You've got the Browns win, or excuse me, you've got the Steelers winning this one because it'll be a home game at Heinz Field on January the 3rd. Getting that sour, bitter, God dang it, y'all came to our home, took everything we had in the house and our girl and walked out in a manner where it was very disrespectful. So <laughs> Pittsburgh still ain't having that this year. So here go my split and here go my W against the Cleveland Browns <laughs> late in the season. And I think this game is going to mean a lot, Mark. I think this game is going to have playoff contentions between the two other teams, the Baltimore Ravens, Cleveland Browns, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. But I do have the Pittsburgh Steelers winning late in the season. And I, and I think Big Ben, ben going to come through on this one. Right here, Marky Mark. Um, they're going to rely on Najee. I think Pittsburgh will establish a identity early, the first game of the season. And I had them beating Buffalo. But I think they're going to carry on throughout the season on Najee. But I think seven. I think seven going to come through in this one late in the season because he understands uh, the importance on winning December and January football. And I feel sorry for the Cleveland Browns on this one right here, though. But Pittsburgh la- going Pittsburgh to return the favor on what the Cleveland Browns did to Pittsburgh last year at home. I see what you did there, Ike. And this will be the last Monday night football matchup that we see during the 2021 season. And then week 18, Ike, Pittsburgh goes to the Ravens. You have the series split, so you have them losing here. I have the Steelers winning to finish out the season. I had the Steelers uh, losing to the Browns in week 17. We just flipped those games. See, to me, Ike, it's like you go on the road and you've got, you know, there's less pressure. You don't have the pressure of the home stadium, but I understand the noise and the raucous that the that the crowds can provide that home field advantage. I'm so excited that we're going to have that again this upcoming season. 
I'm happy we had a football season in 2020, but it was something we certainly missed out on. Yeah, it's a lot of energy I think they're going to put into that Cleveland Browns game because they feel disrespected. It's a lot of energy I think they're going to put into that Cleveland Browns game because it's late in the season. It's a lot of energy I think they're going to put into that Cleveland Browns game because it's going to be a playoff pitcher or scenario so say. So that's why I have them losing to the Ravens at the end of the season. You know, so this going to determine, you know, who matches up where, depending on whether you're the one for whether you're the one third or fifth seed in the AFC. So I got the Pittsburgh Steelers losing and splitting against the Baltimore Ravens as well. To recap, Ike, I've got the Steelers going 11 and six. You have the Steelers at 12 and five. And we were right on the money a season ago. You know, it's weird to say that it's 17 games and I have to do live math and you should see my notes because I I was going game by game, keeping track here. But, you know, it's weird to say 17 games, but a year ago, I just want to point out to the listeners, if you think we're being yinzers, we were right in the middle, Ike, because you had them going, I think, 13 and three. I had that on 11 and five and they finished the regular season 12 and four. So, I just want to say this and give us our, ourselves a pat on the back. We're usually pretty spot on with our picks. No question. It's just like you say tomato, I say tomato, but we both eating the same damn vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> As we start to wrap up here on this today's show, Ike, I want to give you a shout out. Always appreciate you doing the podcast, uh, the Bleed Podcast Network, Courtney Vargas and her team over at Brinks TV. Courtney, our producer our show sponsor bet online and to the listeners and viewers and ike you're out in las vegas right now promoting your new cigar line as well tell the listeners and the viewers about that yeah so they got a cigar convention going on in vegas Um, i'm pumping it you can check it out at howard g cigars on instagram um it's a -a one-of-a-kind my cigar that's the name of my cigar one-of-a-kind uh it's 20 percent you know, Lancaster PA tobacco and 80% Nicaragua tobacco is wrapped in the Connecticut leaf. So go check us out. Go check us out, man. Just been smoking cigars, networking out in Las Vegas. Um, whatever you do in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas. And I, I didn't smoke at least 17 cigars. So I'm just going <laughs> to let y'all know right now, my respiratory system needs some help <laughs> if y'all can help me. But <laughs> that's just what it is, man, when you networking and you you got a vision and I'm very passionate about what I'm doing with these cigars and just put myself in front of people who've been in this cigar industry for years. I'm talking about since the, since the, since the forties, 1940s. So I'm, I'm, I'm shaking hands with a lot of people, but a good thing about what I like these, what I like about what they saying about my stick is it's a great smoke. And usually smoking cigars is like drinking red wine. You know, when you're, you're red wine drinkers, they only like a few, Red wines, they like to drink. They don't really venture out. And that's the same thing as cigar smoke. So these guys smoke my cigars. And so far, I'm a knock on wood. Man, it's been nothing but good news. Good number, good news. So, man, I'm shaking hands, networking, um, learning a lot right now with this convention. Um, you know, cigars just like wine and art, man. The longer it age, the better off it, it, it will be as far as like smoke. So, it's something new for me, man. I'm glad I did come out, even though it's a short trip. I'm glad I did come out. Um, and I'll post a few pictures. Ed Reed has a cigar coming out as well. Um, I don't know when, but if anybody follow Ed Reed, he's heavy on cigar smoking. And he took his time just as well as me as going into the outlets in other countries 
and seeing the tobacco and seeing how it's made, going into the factories as well. So, man, it's just a good time for me right now. But, again, man, go check us out. Um, Howard G Cigars on Instagram. My line is one of a kind, all pro series. Um, I want to give a shout-out to you as well. Got to give a huge shout-out to Bet Online. Um, they've been rocking with us since since day one. So anything you want to bet on, whether it's sports-related, any kind of category you can think about, you can go to Bet Online and just bet on whatever you want to. Got to thank Miss Courtney at Break TV for all always hooking us up. You know, this this show has always been a show, I thought, but now I feel like it's a complete show when it comes down to when you're watching us online and seeing what we have from the music to week one, week two, and all the graphics and everything. So I got to thank her and her team. Got to give another shout out to the Believe Podcast for giving up a, giving us a shot and a chance and, and rocking with us as well. Yeah. You know, so um, I, I like to look at things as being a family. Uh, we all doing this depending on each other's schedule and everybody finding time for each other. So I just respect the whole process. So I just want to give a shout out to the whole Believe and Steelers team. Uh, Ms. Courtney at Brinks TV, you as well. Uh, Bet online for rocking with us. Uh, make sure y'all rate and review us with the five stars, please. I'm sitting in the hotel. Hopefully it's five stars because I'm just that bougie. So if you want to get bougie about our shows, make sure you put that five for us with the stars. So want to appreciate everybody for just tuning in and listening as well. Just like your cigar line is top of the line, Ike, this show, the Believe in Steelers podcast, also among the elite. I'll go ahead and sign off here for the both of us. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. We have some exciting guests coming up in the next yes, few sir. weeks. Yes, sir. Next few weeks. So stay tuned. Take care. So long, everyone. And we'll see you next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.